Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports. From college football to NASCAR, we've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime! Welcome, welcome everyone to Reckless Speculation. As the intro alluded to, I will say those of you who work or are watching uh, on YouTube or whatever media you're watching on, I, I like my picture much better this time. I hope that was a surprise Tom said he had for me. Uh, but yes, welcome here. It's July 20th. We're coming at you on a Thursday, uh, rounding out the midway point of the year. And don't get too excited just yet, but boys and girls, football season is almost back. And we are looking forward to it. Um, before we talk about that, I want to introduce everyone to the show. Uh, Tom Sloan from Detroit, welcome. What's up, buddy? Hey, I will yeah. say, that that intro video to Detroit does make Detroit look pretty damn nice. Well, Detroit is pretty damn nice these days. Uh, uh, if, if you ever would come and visit, I think you would be pleasantly surprised. But, uh, you know, the past two shows, you've talked about how... Uh, you had your your chipmunk esque picture, so I decided yeah. to uh, do a little uh, do a little changes to the video. So hopefully, <laughs> uh, you enjoyed that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, I you know I was in a suit and tie. Brandon was in a tux. Uh, an oh, intro yeah. to Brandon Chain. Welcome. Oh yeah, Tom, you never cease to amaze me. I, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. where you dug that picture up of me, but uh, it was pretty. Yeah, awesome. where, where was that picture? Do you know where it was, uh, Brandon? <laughs> There, there, there may have been. It must some have been money. a wedding, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I was drunk at that point. So, yeah, no idea. I, uh, oh. I was looking for some new pictures, and I just, of course, I'm trolling on Facebook, and I seen that. I'm like, oh yeah, this is, a, oh. this is the no. one. So, was, <laughs> and and great. Robbie, Robbie doesn't have much social uh, media uh, presence, we'll say. So that was right. about the best I could find uh, oh. from your. Uh, Hey, hey, I just I just learned how to 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 share some stuff on Instagram. I've never posted on Instagram. I just learned how to share it. So pretty big uh, achievement for me. Um, as we know, uh, at this point of the show's lifetime, Raj is late, so we'll introduce him at a time to be determined. And he's not um, in the green room yet. So yeah, and so we're brought Hopefully to soon. you. Yeah, so the show's brought to you by some. Uh, Sponsors we have, uh, CNW Construction. Anytime you need a house built, additions, um, remodels, pools, any kind of work done to make your house look better. At you know, at this stage in the game, if you owned your house prior to 2020, you have tons of equity in it and a great mortgage rate. So if you want to take out, you know, I'm not giving financial advice, but just saying you have money to spend. Um, also brought to you by uh, the law firm of Davis, Tesla, and Davis, um, premier 
uh, personal injury firm. Uh, as you can see, that is my picture. So disclaimer, I am one of the attorneys there, but uh, hopefully you never need us. Hopefully you never get hurt. But if you do, uh, please call. Um, so guys, we talked about it almost being football time and um, football's in the news. Uh, before we get to that, though, I want to say congratulations to a, at least on paper, billionaire, uh, new billionaire in California, won the Powerball. Um, and then there's another billionaire um, that got richer and richer, and that's Dan Snyder. And so before we talk about the players, I want to touch briefly, guys. The sale of the commanders has been approved. Um, what do you think this does for the Washington, D.C. football market? And because, you, you know, no one would build him a stadium. That stadium, from what I've heard, is, is crap. I've never been there. It seems to be more away fans than home fans. Uh, just Tom, br- briefly, what do you make of the news of the, the commanders being this, this, this? We knew it was going to happen, but now it, it looks to be official. I think it's great for the NFL. I think Dan Snyder was such a stain on uh, ownership in general. So the fact that he is now no longer an owner and the NFL gave him a $60 million uh, uh, bill on his way out the door for uh, sexual harassment. So uh, that that won't phase him in the least. But uh, all in all, I think it's good. It's great for for the, you know, the, the Washington football team, I'll call them. Uh, I do believe this now will lead to uh, a new stadium, maybe somewhere, maybe Virginia. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity with this new ownership to to work with local uh, dignitaries or whatnot to to get them more involved and and get their their name rightfully so back where it belongs. Yeah, and I think they should go back to the football team. Brandon, what are your thoughts? briefly about the commanders being sold and the, it being approved unanimously. All 31 other owners wanted him. Now, out. Everyone wanted this, right? I mean, you know, owners and uh, the heads and, and fans alike, uh, it just eliminates distraction. Let's just get back to football and quit all this sideshow bullshit. And, yeah. you know, let's, let's get back to football. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they've got a good chance of getting a new stadium now under this ownership. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, the, and their team's not half bad right now. I mean, they're they're building on it. So we'll see where they go. Right. All right. So at, it was sold for over $6 billion. Snyder bought it in, I think it was 1999 for $800 million. Not bad value there. Pretty good return. Mm. Yeah. And – Talking about value, let's talk about what the football we grew up on, and especially, Tom, especially you being a Detroit fan, the best player uh, at least when we were growing up, or at least one of them, Barry Sanders, the running back for the the Lions. Um, Brandon and I had Eddie George. We now have Derrick Henry. Uh, there was a Chris Johnson era. The Titans have been a running football organization since they've been in Nashville. Um, there's news today. Saquon, or the last couple of days, Saquon Barkley's talking about sitting out um, if there's no contract and he won't accept the franchise tag. Um, I'll get into some of the legality of the franchise tag in a second. 
But Brandon, starting with you, what do you make of just the way? And this isn't just the you know, this is football in general. But mm-hmm. uh, when we played, or you played more than I did, uh, running back was a huge position. That's how you move the football. The game has changed, and the value of the running back is only above the kicker and punter right now. So I guess, yeah. What do you make about this? It's it's a sad day. It, like like you said, we grew up on that, you know, toe to toe, shoulder to shoulder, cloud of dust. You know, get three yards, and and that was that was kind of how we grew up watching football. It's unfortunate for these guys, or almost kids now. How I'm getting so damn old. Uh, that they put everything they have into it and then they expect to get paid and have some appreciation showed toward them. And that's not happening right now. And unfortunately, running back in in now's NFL is almost plug and play. I mean, you can get a rookie running back that's somewhat halfway decent that can run the offense – you know, maybe not as good as the top guys, but halfway decent, and it's a value move. So it, it sucks for them. Um, I don't think Saquon's going to sit out, though. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll, he'll not take the levy on Bell route. Yeah. Uh, well, Brandon, when you and I played at North Junior High School, was the um, kind of height of Nebraska football. Mm-hmm. And the idea of not running the ball and not the triple option. Oh, yeah. Like, like yeah, in this house ha- going now. Triple to, option all day. Yeah, and then now it's gone to just, yeah, just, hey, we just, I mean, Cordell Patterson is now one of the top running back play, and just, he was a receiver in college. So you just, hey, mm-hmm. you're an athlete. We just need you to get the ball and move. Well, that's the thing, and, and I think that's where it's headed. Um, you're going to see – these players, these running backs that can stay on the field all day and actually play in the slot and yeah. move formation and, and catch the ball. It's not between the tackles anymore like it used to be. Is forever is a long time, so I don't want to say that. But for the foreseeable future, is Derrick Henry the last power back we're going to see for a while? I think that's a fair statement. Yeah. Um, You're starting to see, again, and that's what we're getting into, this the whole value of these top five, top eight running backs that are not getting extensions and they're getting tagged because mm -hmm. of that situation. Yeah, and Brandon, you hinted on, you don't think he's going to do what Le'Veon Bell did. Let's hear what he had to say, and then, Tom, I want you to comment on the other side of that. I have to say fuck you to the Giants. I have to say fuck you to my teammates and be like, you want me to show you my worth? You want to show you how much how valuable I am to the team? I won't show up. I right. won't play it down. And that's a that's a that's a that's a play I can use. Do I anybody knows me knows that's not something I want to do. But like it's something that has it something that crossed my mind. It's like I has never to. I never thought I would ever do that, but like now I'm in a point where it's like Jesus, like I, I might have to take it to this level and like am i willing am i prepared to take it to the level i don't know that's something i gotta sit down and like i gotta 
talk to my family. I got to sit down and talk to my team. Got to really, you know, strategize about this. Can't just, like, go off of emotions. Because, like, I have, like, I sit here and say, like, oh, be mature. Uh, so, Tom, to me, as a person who has to get into uh, many mediations, many negotiations, that looked to me like somebody who was just negotiating without a plan. When he said, fuck my teammates, and then I think his eyes or his, his, his light bulb immediately went off when like, whoa, I got to try to walk this back, but still try to make my point that I wanted to make, but it's not going well. And uh, so Tom, refresh people's mind. What happened with uh, Le'Veon Bell when he set out and how that worked out for him? What do you think Saquon's going to do? Well, Le'Veon Bell... When he played for the Steelers, he he was at that time probably the most unique, dynamic running back in the NFL. His ability to kind of sniff out holes and be patient. I don't think I've seen a back with the level of patience he had to where he let the hole develop. He let the play develop and he took off. So he decided he was going to, you know, push for a big time contract. And he sat out for an entire season. Uh, the following year, he got picked up by the Jets, and he was not the same player. Uh, and it only got worse from there. I think he was probably half of what he was the previous uh, two years. So uh, looking at that situation and then seeing a Barkley here, I, it's a bad look. No, the way you sugarcoat it, it's a bad look for him to even quote, fuck my teammates. Yeah, I, I don't think that's initially what he meant when he said it, but it's always going to be perceived that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it makes him look like uh, it's all about the New York Saquon uh, Barkley's, not the New York football Giants. So will he sit out a year? Absolutely not. There's no way. Um, the fact that he's being offered the franchise tag, which is $2 million less than what the top running back in the NFL, Christian McCaffrey's making. So he's not far off. So I think it's a moot argument on his behalf because the reality is the running back position really has changed in a sense that we have these young offensive coordinators coming in, drawing up plays for the the more athletic type of player, the Isaiah Pacheco's of the world, Damian Pierce. So these lower or higher draft picks, I should say, later rounds coming in, not making as much money, but performing at a level to say that some of these big-time running backs can make. So I think that's where we're shifting. I think the NFL has shifted, so that could be one of the reasons why. All right. We need a reckless speculation bell where we can push it and sound the alarms. I'm getting this off topic. Something just came to my mind while we're discussing this. We talked about the running back. We just, we just said it. The running backs own – so, so, real quick, the way the franchise tag works is if you are unrestricted free agent, the club can franchise you, and they, can, they have to pay you the average salary of the top five players of your position over the last five years. The running back position is the only position in the sport that has went down over the last five years. So their value is going down. With that being said, with this running back union thing, so, so 
this is the, the, the franchise tag was negotiated between the NFL players union and the owners union. This is collectively bargained. This was talked about. This was all agreed upon by the yep. players and the owners. This is not unfair. This is a negotiated agreement. So my question to you guys is this. Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Christian McCaffrey, um, name your running backs. They're making $10 million a year for the franchise tag. Is this a window that the XFL could exploit and say, we'll pay you more. You come over to our league and we'll get name recognition. We'll get talent recognition because they're not getting any traction so far. Could this be – because that's what the uh, AFL did back in the day is they start paying Steve Young more money, uh, I think Bo Jackson more money. Out of college, could this – if you're running backs in college, do you start deflecting for more money to the XFL? Whoever's prepared. No. I mean – Potentially, yeah. This is this is like the whole uh, live versus PGA Tour kind of deal. Like, you know, they're going to start throwing more money at you, but what what are you really trying to do? Are you trying to play in the best league? Or are you trying to just, you know, get paid? Or are you trying to get paid more? more? Yeah. No, I, I get that. But they're, it's not like they're not getting paid. I mean, like you said, the franchise tag is $2 million off the highest paid running back. Yes, it is declined. Um, yeah. That's just the nature of it. It's it's like a stock market it you know eventually it, it could come back around so uh i you know the the com- i get it you know they work their butts off and and they yeah. they probably get hit more than anyone else on the team and they they do so much in the trenches but it's not like they're getting an unfair payment you know just like you said it was a collective bargaining agreement and yeah they're getting paid and two million off the highest paid guy. It's, it's not that bad. Um, I, I just, I don't know. It, I, I guess my, I guess my point is if you're the rock and you just bought the whole entire XFL for 30 million and but he a lost guy's, 60. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, a guy's, I mean, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the, the league's not working. None of them are working. Yeah. So no. do, and they won't. You, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that premise. They, they're I, not I mean, going to work. No. Like it, it, I agree because like the, the NBA, the uh, NHL, Major League Baseball, none of them can compete with NFL. To That's sort what of I'm saying. Like how, another superior how are football you league could try to play football against the best thing in the world in sport. Like I just, yeah. It's not going to happen. Um, well, I, so Tom, I think you, or, I think for yeah, me, it, this isn't going to work simply because it's going to create a mutiny with the other positions on the field. So if you're paying a, a running back, you know, 12, 13 million, uh, but then your quarterback's making a hundred and a quarter at, at top value, we'll say, and receivers and whatnot, uh, that's going to be, it's going to be a hard pill to try and push through with certain players. So and yeah. again, I mean, they took a $60 million hit. Um, there's there's not a whole lot of, of TV ratings. They don't have the backing, we'll say. 
But I mean, I think this is a different day and age of, of football back in the uh, USFL days. It was a good product there. I mean, I remember going to the Silverdome and watching the Panthers, watching Bobby a bear throwing to Anthony uh, Thomas or yeah, Anthony uh, Thomas. So that was good football and it was comparable to the NFL. Mm -hmm. I don't, think we have that nfl is king we've said it time and time on this show nothing's gonna top the nfl so i I think that would be a really tough draw and and essentially the the running backs know that you know their their argument's gonna fall on deaf ears well and they're 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 kind of stuck in transition right now right so we're we're getting word of this and it's actually starting to come to fruition that the running back position is declining as far as pay right um mm-hmm. so you got to adapt like adapt or die in this league right so if, if you're a, a younger kid and you're aspiring to be a running back in the nfl know what you're going to get or adapt and you know be a little bit more versatile so that i mean it sucks for the guys that are stuck there that that work their butts off to you know improve their team and and make that position but it's just the way the league is going and it's like like if you don't adapt to it i mean you're gonna get left behind but yeah, they're not and, getting bad pay with a franchise tag i mean yeah still- and, and 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 just before i go to raw just a little legal nerdy stuff real quick to clear it up uh the running backs can't union within their already union no, because union. <laughs> yes, yes, because if yes. they were negotiating higher pay against a salary cap, it would kill the larger union that they're a part yeah. of. Their pay would go down. So this is all you can't sub unionize <laughs> against the yeah. <laughs> it's cute. It's you know, uh, and hey, it's something else to talk it's, about. This is called social media and just Twitter yeah. And- yeah, that's all. Yeah, but them, but them on a group text together talking about what they want to do. You can't do it in the confines of the union you're already a part of. Um, <laughs> that so was already clear. agreed upon on the franchise tag and everything else. So you knew you're signing up for. Yeah, yeah, uh, Raj. Uh, thanks for being on time as always. Um, you're welcome. You want to talk about running backs? We want to go to D Hop to the Titans. Uh, real quick, what people. I'm not sure if you explained when it comes to the tag that it's a set amount and it's based on the, yeah. the annual cap, uh, the salary cap. This year, it's the highest it's ever been. But yeah, you showed that graphic, and I took the time to write it down because I think writing it down is a lot more impactful, even though no one can see it. But really, like when I lined it up and looked, you should write up, down 9:15 start time. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, hey, that would be so backward. Underline, exclamation point, highlight. I think you guys like my art, Rex Spec podcast. But for real, I mean, if you look at all of this, I mean, only kickers and punters are valued less than running backs. And running backs' career average is 2.57 years in the NFL. So, these guys maybe have two, three years that we talked about of max value and they can be tagged up to three times. So really it's, it's the rare case. And I'm not sure if Tom showed that, that tweet that I had seen that, but you know, one former GM basically said that the MO should be one draft a running back two play him three. If he's good, give him one franchise tag four draft another running back. It's a three to four year process, and that's it. And that's their half life. And if they get tagged, that's it. Guys like Saquon, 
who, however, is 19 and 40 and one in his record. I don't think that shows the value of him per se because the Giants have sucked. But I was just curious about it and I wrote it down. But Josh Jacobs, the NFL's rushing leader, Tony Pollard, who I think everyone knows is just going to destroy things. And he's got one shot. And if he gets hurt, that's it for him. That's done. Um, you know, those guys are set making that amount of $10 million. And again, tight ends are valued more. Safeties, offensive linemen, corners, defensive ends, wide receivers, linebackers, and of course, the princess. So anyways, that's my art. I just, when you look at all the way down here, and you know, this is rhetorical, but when we draft fantasy, we don't draft defensive ends in the first round. We draft running backs because they're the most, most valuable to our league and to scoring and to our teams. And um, I'm going to write down 9.15 p.m. Eastern. Well, <laughs> Once well, I write it down, I do not forget. But you don't have to be apologizing for being late when you show up with this handwritten chart oh, that we just this is showed beautiful. six times. No, this no. Is beautiful. This is, this is called perspective. <laughs> I don't read anything you write or say or put on the screen. So now I know you can ask me right now, what does a defensive end franchise tag value at 19.7 million? What, 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 what the viewers don't know, when he flips that board over, it has our next topic, D-hop to the Titans. <laughs> I'm not sure what's on the other side yet. Um, so, so, Bre- so, Brandon, I'll start with you. Uh, you and I are both Titans fans. Uh, you know, I guess two drafts ago, I think it was – or was it was it two drafts or one draft to go? We traded AJ Brown. Uh, now, son, DeAndre well, that would be, that would be two drafts because we just yeah had this two one, drafts yeah. to go. Uh, yeah, so now we're essentially trying to replace him with DeAndre Hopkins, who uh, surprisingly, at least I thought, a little young at thirty. Um, what do you make of the move? Uh, I think we paid him what. 52. 12, uh, I think he gets $12.5 two years. Um, okay. And then there's some incentives, yeah. but so 24 incentives. guaranteed. Right. Yeah. What do you, what do you make of the move? Uh, you know, it's best available option at this point. Um, you know, we got a new regime coming in. Uh, I think J Rob, you know, screwed the pooch on, on that AJ Brown trade, yeah. obviously. And uh, Vrabel is not happy with it. I think he, they're trying to do everything they can to reshape that and, and give some weapons on the offensive side. I mean, before we got him, and this is a sad name, but Vrabel had more touchdowns than any offensive wide receiver on our team with 10. Yeah. Um, that's That's bad. It's bad. So D Hop, he played nine games. Those last who don't year. know, Brable played linebacker. <laughs> yeah, he played linebacker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so D Hop had um, what seven hundred plus yards last year in nine games. He was suspended for the first six. Uh, did not see all of Kyle, Kyler Murray. He was injured, so he still got some gas in the tank. I don't think this is going to be like a. Um, a Julio Jones or a, you know, Randy Moss type situation where we're just grabbing a guy on their way out for a Jersey. sale. Uh, yeah. the, this is a, an, an impactful player uh, that, that still has, uh, obviously he's number one 
from day one. Um, yeah, yeah. And with Derrick Henry, I think it pairs really well because they're still going to have to honor Henry in the backfield, and I think that's going to open up a lot of single coverage for D-Hop and um, some of the other guys. So I'm looking forward to seeing how this – now it's not D-Hop, you know, five years ago, but if he's three-quarters of D-Hop, that's better than what we got. Yeah, and uh, Roz, I'm coming to you next, but I just want to touch on what Brand said. Uh, yeah, I mean, part of the watching Titans games, part of the frustration last year was um, on first down, we we ran Derrick Henry every single first down, mm-hmm. but the, the there was no other option. Like you, no one was there to get open, and so right. what do you, you hope he? I mean, essentially, the Titans' offense was keep giving. So when we talk about death of the running back. The Titans were the one team or one of the few teams that were like, no, no, he's our only explosive player we have. So it well, was just give it to him until he breaks one. D-Hop's going to make everybody better on the offense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. Chig and Traylon Burks, I mean, this is the best thing that could happen to them at this point. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're uh, they're going to be wide open that they've never seen in their life. So it's going to be great. Uh, Raj, uh, we were on text all day today. You said you did a 180 on this. I wasn't in a team meeting on Monday to hear what you said. So I'm very curious where you started, what you found out, and where you stand now. I just thought that when it comes to D-Hop, you know, there's he wants to win or so he said. And, you know, there are teams that said they were after him, the Chiefs, which obviously would have made a ton of sense. And there's still one that I'm like, ah, I don't know about the money. But, um, you know, Dallas – Buffalo in most of those situations though he was going to be the number two guy to digs to uh to, to um lamb or what have you this is a team that he's going to that has a veteran quarterback who is healthy last year they had by far the worst offensive line in the NFL by far and what's the crazy thing is they were last not only in pressures per pass block or pass blocking attempts um, by far the last they were also last in yards before contact for running backs and they have Derrick Henry so what does that tell you I mean if they were just middle of the pack Henry's getting hit an average of two and a half yards downfield Um, long story short their offensive line was atrocious they had no versatility they were plugging holes their two best players old that didn't play and they they decided uh, Rand Carthen got rid of him. He got rid of Ben Jones. He got rid of Taylor Lewan. He went out and got a first round pick in Andre Dillard from Philly, who uh, got hurt and was beat out by a kid, Siamalo, uh, I think, that was just better. But Dillard can play four of the five positions. Um, Daniel Brunskill from the Niners, five years playing, four of the five positions. Uh, Peter Skoronsky, uh, easily the best offensive lineman in the draft. He's going to probably slide into left guard. He can play all five positions. Um, the strongest dude by far at the combine. The point being is they still have an issue at, at right tackle with the suspension of gambling for uh, for Petit Freire or whatever his name is. But no. their, their line got so much better. He can be the number one. He's got two tight ends that are really good at blocking, both running and an up-and-coming uh, Conquo. I can't ever remember how to say his name. And the guy they drafted was a great tight end, Josh Wild from uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. So there's all of these pieces in place. Um, 
and you know, he's going to get single as chain said, everybody's got a key in on, on freaking on uh Derrick Henry. And, you know, last year when D hop, he's only 30. Now that being said, I looked it up and in his first eight seasons, he missed only two of 128 games in the last two years, because they went to 17 out of 34 games. He's missed 15 of them. So it's also with a really crappy team with no protection. But when he's healthy, if you looked at it last year, I'll just break it down. But when Kyler Murray and he played, it was only in four games. During those four games, Hopkins averaged 96 yards per game and about nine receptions. That 96 yards would have put him third in the NFL. Ahead of him only would have been Justin Jefferson at like 106 and Tyreek Hill at 103 or something, 100 then that would have been him. The point is when he's healthy and he's got his quarterback and things are clicking, he is still someone that does major damage. And he's a hell of a guy in the locker room and everybody loves him. All right. So, so, so I want to, I want to address that Tom, I want to come to you next. So I'm not blaming him from getting, for getting traded from Houston because Houston under Bill O'Brien was a dumpster fire and maybe the worst, not necessarily the worst game day coach, the worst personnel coach in a long, long time. But he goes to Houston or to Arizona, and now he gets just not traded, just released. Um, really, the Titans and New England, the only teams that want him, the team that has him releases him. Um, you know, kind of is there are there question marks? Why 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 wasn't he wanted more? I don't. I don't take much into the him being released because the Cardinals are an absolute dumpster fire and it starts from the top and it works all the way down, even to the quarterback. So I think they were looking to move on from, from some decisions that were made by the general manager that was just let go for some pretty uh, auspicious reasons. But so I don't really take too much stock into that. Um, so his ability is clear. I, I think Tennessee, it, when it's all said and done, they're going to look back and realize that they made the right move. And, and Brandon said it, said it best with Traylon Burks. Here's a, here's a, the draft pick after AJ Brown gets traded, they bring this guy in. So you want to talk about a target on his back. I think this gives him the, uh, ability now to prove why they went out and got him so high. So he's going to get a lot of good reads. Um, and looking at it uh, from Hopkins standpoint, Tennessee, it, 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 in all, you know, purposes is somewhat of a smaller market. They're not on everyone's radar all the time. So he's going to be able to come in here, be able to show some of his veteran leadership and he's going to be able to perform and kind of reclaim his name without the limelight being on him at full at, at uh, full time. So I think this is a situation where it's 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 good for Tennessee and it's really good for Hopkins. And the in the contract, really, you know, there's a lot of incentives with it. So yeah. I think it works out best for for both sides. All right. So so around 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 the cubes, one yes or no answer. Does Hopkins put the Titans? as the favorite above the Jags in the AFC South. Yes or no, Tom? Yes. Brandon? Yep. Raj? 
No, but it puts them in a winning record situation, whereas before I thought they would be off. Okay. I still I have the, the Jags. I still the Jags as the favorite. I'm um, not sold on Jacksonville yet. I like yeah. where they were last year, but Evan Ingram isn't signed. That was a big reason why um, old Goldilocks was so good last year. So We should have won it last year, and we were terrible. So, yeah. yes, this definitely. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Goldilocks. NFL quarterbacks, uh, given a little free advertisement to uh, Netflix, which Tom can't spell properly. But, um, uh, yeah, so quarterback is a show that is uh, produced uh, by uh, Omaha Productions, I believe, by uh, Tennessee's own homegrown quarterback, uh, Peyton Manning. That follows Patrick Mahomes. Rightfully uh, didn't win the Heisman in '97. Just saying. Oh gosh, uh, Kirk Cousins and Marcus Mariota. Uh, so you have top tier, mid tier, and kind of garbage struggling, struggling to start. <laughs> 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 or garbage. I was going to say struggling to start, but okay. no garbage. Garbage. <laughs> so. Uh, Raj, one, are you watching or what do you think? I just finished it actually. Okay, um, well, uh, wait, hold on. Spoiler yeah. alert, I'm on an episode three. I mean, so. spoiler alert, Mahomes wins the Super Bowl, Cousins blows it, and Mariota gets benched again. <laughs> Shocker, I think we watched this last NFL season, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, he hasn't uh, signed in Philly, dude. Like, so hey, hey, more, more surprising. Mahomes with the Super Bowl and Mariota getting benched. <laughs> Equally uh, <laughs> as not surprising. <laughs> and, and, and Cousins finishing right in the middle. <laughs> yeah. uh, think, did you have him on your fantasy again this year? I think you did. Oh, oh God. He either are threw there. like 20 inter- interceptions or he threw for 400 yards. So was... You know, uh, and we're going to talk about franchise quarterbacks. And I hope I don't draw bum Joe Burrows because I don't want to get into that. Uh, Tom, are you watching? What do you think about it? Well, let me get to uh, the misspelling of of Netflix. A, that was uh, autocorrect, so I apologize. But B, it, it's kind of uh, fitting because Netflix. they needed this. They needed this documentary to boost their uh, stop. I have stocks down 8% to this week, I think. But so they they started doing the where only one device could use your account. Since then, they've got 6 million more subscriptions. So, yes, the Netflix. And I think this quarterback documentary helped the Netflix of the Netflix. So there's a method to my madness. But anyways, I watched it. Um, I thought it was very well done. I think it, it, you know, they kind of followed the, the path pathway of like the hard knocks or the, um, the golf documentary, which was fantastic. Um, but I think the one thing I took out of it was Kirk Cousins is, is probably the most annoying human being on the, the face of the earth. Um, and if I never hear Patrick Mahomes speak again, I, I would not be disappointed 
because wow. oh oh my gosh, it's just uh, this, I, this they week. got him mic'd up all the time. But well, um, hello there, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm Kermit the Frog. But uh, no, I mean it was it was kind of a cool look uh, behind the scenes uh, preparation. I, I don't think any of us would have known, and I don't know if you're at this point in the in the, in the documentary where the the preparation that Mahomes has the the three days that he does with his personal trainer I, that's that's what I just watched it it looks absolutely terrifying uh, what he has to go through but I mean you look at the injury that he kind of got there in the playoffs against Jacksonville and you wonder if not for that that aggressive preparation that aggressive training protocol that he does maybe that high ankle sprain was a broken ankle and and he wouldn't have continued but um i just it was well done Uh, another side note leave the wife out of it keep it to the nfl she's god awful but i will give them credit for one thing i haven't got to the like everyone's saying how mahomes wife's annoying i I haven't found her annoying I'm, i'm only okay but the one thing i will give them credit for Jackson Mahomes wasn't mic'd at all. He's only in uh, one episode, and he's kind of in the backdrop. So he's still uh, a douche, though. He, he was oh, in a few where he was sitting next 100%. to his wife, but he was just on his phone. And like one mm-hmm. time, he did a cheer, like in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, and he was just like, "I'm not even gonna do it." But I was like, "Is this guy fucking serious, man? Like, yeah, he's is he trying to be a fucking douchebag or like?" I don't know, man. Like he, he is just the worst. And yeah, the the wife, his wife, is very like, bro, like wants to be fitting in. Let's like, go. There's yeah. another thing. If I never hear that, that let's go. I, I think it needs to be put to bed. Just saying. I, um, I, I agree. I, I, but- I'll say so, so. So I'm in episode three, and I just watched what Thomas referenced. Yeah, this trainer and this workout routine, it's almost like. They're changing the body to be oh ankles don't sprain anymore and these bodies can twist ways that they couldn't before and it's just like uh, Brandon what, what difference that is is anybody that's been through rehab and it's been a while since I played any competitive sports I mean elasticity mobility flexibility all that stuff is done but the way he had it down to a science um, you know that guy should have a beach body video for sure. Yeah. But Brandon, there's no Brandon. doubt, man, that, that he, Tom, you're absolutely right. My neighbor, who used to be my neighbor, uh, was launched 30 feet from a Ferrari. You know, his passenger died. He didn't. He should have died. Um, wow. he, the only reason why he survived was that he was a CrossFit, like super fit, former Marine. Literally, he should have been dead. And his body is the only – now, he has a terminal brain injury. And he's still a great dude, but – he, if he was not doing the stuff he did, he would have died. His body would not have allowed him to rehabilitate and to survive and to be where he is. And that's exactly what I thought of without grave consequences of Mahomes. He, if he did not do what he does, like, like if Cousins had that high ankle sprain, aside from hearing, ah, oh, yeah, oh, that too, <laughs> like he would never play again. And Mahomes, even though. I've got feelings on him. He came back out there, and it's because of how freaking hard he works. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, what were your takeaways? What were your takeaways so far of the quarterback? Are you finished with it? Are you still watching it? Where are you at in the series? Uh, I haven't watched it at all. 
Oh, okay. Um, I was I was one of the uh, fallen oh, soldiers. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That you're you're uh, piggybacking off of the family. Off. <laughs> you can't afford Netflix. No, I had I hadn't uh, purchased Netflix because I I was using the families uh, for quite a while, and once they cut that off, I just you know realized that I didn't watch Netflix that much and hadn't repurchased it. Um, it, it's it's like uh, I don't I don't. I don't know what it costs. I'm not even gonna comment. I have no idea. I mean, it's like ten bucks or twelve bucks, fifteen. But I don't know. It, it's not that. It's just I'm too lazy to get on there and click on it because I just uh, have to watch Netflix. You're not a nerd for those shows like QB One and Last Chance You and stuff. I don't watch a. I don't watch a lot of shows to be honest. Like if and I love it, they don't. They don't I, have. Sports, they don't have TVs and headrest and golf carts yet, Raj. Once they uh, do, they, though, they, yeah, they, they do. And they, have, they just if play they like, don't. Usually, I bring my iPad and I'll I'll put the TV on there. But it's usually uh, watching golf, playing golf, which is disgusting in itself. All right, all right, all right. So, uh, from once, what what do you got? What do you got? What do you got in your sticky notes over there, Raj? Before we go on, I wanted to do this quickly. I wrote each of our names in a hat because the discussion became twenty-seven-year-old Patrick Mahomes. Is he the best quarterback in the NFL? Each of us. I drew a line, a draft order. One minute, we've got one minute. Here we go. First pick is producer extraordinaire Tom. I just drew it out. This says Scrooge McDuck. We know who that is. Then comes Blob at number three. And then Daylight Savings. That's me. So, Tom, tomorrow you're starting a brand new franchise. You get one quarterback to pick in the NFL right now. Who do you take? I mean, Mahomes, Mahomes has got to be off the off the topic here. Not, not Mahomes. No, I mean, we're saying going forward, Mahomes is twenty seven with health issues. Josh Allen twenty seven. I, I don't care if he's thirty seven. I'm taking. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I'm, give me, give me Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, it is Scrooge McDuck, number two. Who to start your franchise with tomorrow? Hurt Herbert. Um, is that is that me or is that Brandon? That's Brandon. He's screwed. He's, oh. he's money bags. The guy that coins are falling oh. out of swimming in uh. bullion or whatever. Uh, the Jimmy youngest hurts. Hurt and, or hurt. Jalen Hurt. Yep. Jalen hurts. Hurt. Hurt. Hurts me so bad. He's hurt so good. At 24. And we got Josh Allen, Herbert, or someone else. There is no way oh, I'm taking wait. Joe Burrow. I can oh, tell man. you that. You are taking Joe Burrow. <laughs> that, Joe Give Robbie the bomb. Give Robbie. Oh my God! Herbert, I, you Josh know, Allen. If, if, if this, if my if my career relies on this, I may take Joe Burrow, but he's a bum in fantasy football, so I'll take Josh Allen. Good, because even though the fourth pick, I have Burrow head is my. Uh, as my guy that I would have after Mahomes, it would have been tough, but I love having Joey B, dude. That that that's my He's guy. A bomb. Now, is this a is this a fantasy team or is this an NFL team? No, so some so my hatred for Joe Burrow. Franchise NFL team tomorrow. We get one quarterback. This is who we got. We got Tom with Mahomes, Bridge McDuck, Scott, Jalen Hurts, Rob, Josh Allen, and I got Joey Burrow. I was just so, curious who you would take because and you still got Herbert and other guys. Yeah. So, so Tom, so Tom, every quarterback I've ever drafted in fantasy football, I hate him. And so uh, I had Joe, Joe Burrow his rookie year. I hate him. 
Hey, I had Joe Burrow last year, and he uh, did not. No, there, did there, not do there's much. no, there, there's no one. I'm not sure. Well, there's one person on the planet I hate worse than AJ Dalton, but AJ Dalton, oh, fucking bomb. Why would I have AJ Dalton on my fantasy team? Now that's dude, a good why question. Why would you draft him, dude? What well, a, hey, for Bryce Young, I paired him with AJ Green. I'd take a kicker. But, no, I would take a kicker Dalton, Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton. Yeah. Anyways, Andy yes, Dalton. I had Andy Dalton Big red. on my fantasy team as my starter, and I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. I hate him. Um, not a fan of Joe Burrow. Not a fan of any Cincinnati quarterback. Now that I think about it. Uh, all right, boys. Baseball time. Uh, more so, Raj, Tom, I'm going to stick to you. Brandon and I are going to sit this one out. Um, Raj, I think your Dodgers are struggling a little bit. Um the the Tigers are in the worst division in the sport, so anything can happen there. Uh, so, Roz, what do you look for from the Dodgers? Are they buyers? They sell it. The Dodgers are rarely, rarely sellers, so are they buyers? Yeah. Last year, they stood pat for the most part. The Dodgers are one of the few teams that have a top five farm system and that are winning. All five opening day starting pitchers have been on the injured list. Uh, as of right now, only Urias is healthy. Urias is fat and pretty bad. Uh, well, Gonsolin is as well, but Walker Bueller's out. The Dodgers need starting pitching. They need shortstop. They need a right-handed bat. So they have, you know, Artie Moreno, the Angels owner, says he would never trade Otani to the Dodgers. The Dodgers are one of the few teams that could make it work prospect-wise. So I'm hoping they don't do the usual value, you know, the same thing that Anthopolis did for the Braves, winning a World Series with Soler and Rosario, all those guys. That's kind of he, – he learned it from the Dodger GM. But we need pitching. We need to call the Chicago White Sox right away. We need to call the Cardinals. Um, you know, I don't want to steal Tom's thunder because I think, you know, going into buyers, a team like Detroit could be one. But White Sox should be everyone's first call. With three starting pitchers that could go, Lance Lynn, uh, Lucas Giolito, who's going to be num- everyone's number one. He's a free agent at the end of the year, and he's from L.A. And then maybe the great Dylan Cease, who's a free agent in 2025. They've got Graveman, a reliever, Joe Kelly, Lopez, uh, three or four solid relievers, and three or four bats. Guys like Andrew Vaughn, who's young, under contract, but hasn't done much. Um, and then, you know, Tim Anderson – shortstop who makes a lot of money but is awful this year would have been a great guy ideal for LA if not for how shitty he's been but it should be super active if I'm the Angels I absolutely trade Otani I call it the Herschel Walker deal when the Vikings traded for Herschel Walker from Dallas Dallas got about 10 picks in return they turned that in Aikman uh, Michael Irvin uh, all those guys, offensive linemen, you know, Larry, uh, what, what's his name? Larry Allen. Larry Allen. Yeah. They, one guy. Bill Johnson, Emmett. You know, yeah. yeah. And the other receiver, I can't think of his name right now. I'm blanking, but. Uh, Harper. Yeah, thank you. Harper, Michael Harper. Boy, I'm blanking on everything. Um, but yeah, dude, from one dude, the Angels can do that. And they also have Mike Trout, who's hurt right now. Irony being that if Trout's healthy, Probably Otani and Trout stay, but they could get fifteen to twenty top guys for trading these two. Well, so, so, so my next question is: If you trade Otani, do you trade Trout too? 
I absolutely consider it. The only issue is his value is a little less because he's hurt. Well, but, Trout's the most valuable. I mean, Otani's the most valuable player in baseball that we've ever seen. Yes, you're getting two players instead mm-hmm. of yeah. one. Yeah, but same token is you know that guy goes down and you just fucking mortgage the future. Yep. You know then then what? But Tom, what what's your take on this? Do you think the Angels hey, have oh, to trade wait, 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 question, question. This this could be a completely idiotic question. But because we've never seen anyone like this in our future, if Otani throws out his arm and has to have Tommy John surgery, can you still could, could he swing a bat? Could he DH or is it just nothing? Like you can't do anything with your elbow. He would come Bryce back Harper. sooner. But Bryce yeah. Harper, Bryce Harper had that surgery done last year toward the yeah. end of the season, and he yeah. came back in ridiculous quickly time. Um, all right, so so Tom, so the ALs we're going to talk to you about Tigers eight or five games back. I heard today on PTI, Buster Olney said a team to watch for for the for the Otani sweepstakes is Tampa Bay, which kind of blew my mind that they would just they're going to they've got the prospects, they've got the farm system. But they can give enough away, try to win this year. He's not staying in Tampa Bay. But it's a go for it. But they still have enough reserves after that to give a bunch away. So if, you're you for, if you're looking for prospects, uh, look no further than the, the, the Rays. This is an organization that kind They've of prides. They've got the most wins in the AL right now. Yeah, well, no, not anymore. Baltimore just overtook them today, tonight. But um, this is an organization that prides itself on the ability to do scouting. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and they they have developed their farm system, and they've been able to do that while keeping their salary. I think it's the second or third lowest in all of baseball. So looking at that aspect of it, yes, Tampa Bay makes a lot of sense. It's a rental. Right. They have the ability to say, okay, we're going to give you all these players for a rent. Rent a player, rent an Otani. You're going to plug him into an already stacked pitching staff. Now you throw his bat into that lineup where Tampa Bay surprisingly has hit a lot of home runs this year. Um, I think that would improve um, Randy Rosarina's uh, offensive uh, output. You're looking at Wander Franco, who needs a spark. He's kind of been down the last uh, couple months. He's Got some disciplinary reasons. He, he was benched earlier in the season. So you're looking at putting uh, Franco in front of Otani in the lineup. That's dangerous. That that yeah. could be just give them the East right now and pencil them in for the World Series. Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, uh, it, but so, long term, well, absolutely, oh, yeah. he does not. He does not stay in Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay doesn't pay their players, uh, especially to pay them. Uh, for a length of the contract that he's going to request. Uh, Raj, I want to ask you this question. Your better half likes a better team than you like. Um, Atlanta has the talent locked up till almost 2030. They have a good farm system. They, they mortgaged it. They're one of the worst, if not the worst in baseball right now. 
Okay. They, but so, okay. So, they lock so, so, everybody up for 10 years so they can build it up, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. okay. So, I guess uh, it's a huge city, airport to Japan. Uh, does Atlanta make sense for Shohei, whether it's trade or I'm looking more free agency if the Angels don't cha- trade him because they mean, can pay him. They're already at the luxury tax amount, and they'd have to trade guys that they worked really hard to get under contract. I don't know who would make sense value-wise, young guys. It would have to be somebody like Austin Riley. I mean, why would you trade, you know, like Michael Harris? That that type of guy's not going to do it. Um, All these, they'd have to part with one of the big guys because there aren't enough of the littler guys. Maybe Strider. uh, I don't think Elder is that great regardless, but. They don't have to do this. They're good enough. They don't have to do it. Yeah, he did. They both got hit pretty good. But, yeah, I I don't see that happening. That's just not how they're built and how Anthopolis thinks. Um, But, you know, like Tampa, Baltimore, who's loaded, the Dodgers, who have the money and have the prospects, Um, the Giants are another team that scares the crap out of me. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, you got to look at, at the bankroll and 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 the uh, prospects. But Tampa is one of the few that has the prospects to get him as a rental. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure everyone else is like, all right, bro, we got to sign an extension right away. Yeah, so and we'll go to Scrooge McDuck for talking about money. He has a comment. And it's going to take, I think, at least $600 million to start to sign him. Maybe to start, maybe just to start negotiation. Brandon, what do you think? You're on mute. All of this comment talk, get into the chat. I got a comment. You right. show up on yeah, mute. I'm, I'm here. Well, that's because you don't want to hear me cough in the background, you know. So. <laughs> uh, no, I think they got it all wrong. Look, what if the players would actually take a short term deal, like 75 mil, three years? per year. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. Like if you can sign in baseball. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Change it up a little bit. I know they all pitchers have done. Sure. They all want the, they all want the longevity. They want that financial stability for a 10 year deal or whatever. But if you're trying to make a pennant or, or win a world series and you come to the trade deadline, you're saying, all right, Otani, we'll take you 75 mil for, Three years, seventy-five million a year. That's a damn good deal, and he's the highest-paid player in MLB. At that, I mean, well, is he not going to get picked up after three years? Of course he is. Well, not if he gets hurt. Would you? Would you? Would you take? Would you take seventy-five million over three years? Year. These are guaranteed. These are guaranteed contracts. Or would you take? 600, 700 million. 225 million in three years or 700 million in 10. I'll take the 225 and three. Oh, no way. Not not in the sport that's where you like, can get hurt. That's like asking if you want the, uh, uh, you know, lump sum payment of the lottery or do you want to just drag it out for however long you live? So ask Bo Jackson what he would do. He'd take the $700 million con- dollar contract guaranteed because you're one injury away i, I don't well that's i don't crazy. think you can, you yeah can guarantee a three-year deal 
Well, no, you, I, you I, no, all, all baseball contracts are guaranteed. Yeah, but you, that's you, what I'm saying. You take, well, no, but, why would you not take seven hundred million guaranteed? I, I mean, you're you're fishing there, and it takes a lot longer to get that deal done. When if you really love the sport and you want to win a, a World Series, and you're prime in that position, and you get an offer for a short term, three year, you're the highest paid player in MLB history for three years, guaranteed. I would take that deal all day. What if you get hurt? You still got that money. You still you still have two hundred twenty million dollars. If you get hurt, you still have seven hundred million dollars. If you can find that deal. No, no, well, no. That that deal is going to be there. It, there's a hundred percent. Otani is going to get a six seven hundred million dollar deal. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, from the business side, I would offer the guy that short term. Try and win the. Oh, if you could, oh, if you could do that for sure, for sure. Um, Justin just said he wouldn't trade the future. Uh, he wouldn't mortgage the future for a chance of World Series. Justin, I'd ask, what if you, what if you win the World Series? Would you mortgage the future for a championship? Because, um, as a as a as a fan that never wins, I would take one. Once you get one, I mean. You feel yeah. pretty good about it. Uh, right, we're, 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 we're over an hour. Uh, let's, uh, Brandon, you and I watched Wimbledon. Um, I thought it was a feat of strength. I thought it was incredibly entertaining. Um, Djokovic was great. Um, Alvarez was great. Uh, great tennis. Uh, it the crowd rooting against Djokovic. You had the uh, we can get we'll have more time eventually get into the greatest of all time discussion, but definitely one of the greats versus this up and coming Spaniard. Uh, it lived up to the hype and more. What did you think? It it did. Um, it was kind of a so I haven't watched tennis in a very long time, and I actually sat down and watched. You know, this Wimbledon, uh, especially the finals. And, man, how they will build you up and watch you fall, which is what I felt for Joker. Like, they, you know, the way the crowd reacted to him, this dude is is the GOAT. Like, he's, he's the best that we've ever seen. And, I mean, they just want to want him to fail and want him to lose. The first set, I thought it was game over. I was like, there's Samuel Joker. Like, he's yeah, he's dominating. And then this Alvarez kid was phenomenal. I mean, he was fun to watch. That that whole last point deal, you know, for the match was, was amazing. Uh, the whole, whole match was great. Um, but it, it kind of got me back into wanting to watch tennis a little bit more. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> One of the uh, one of the takeaways I took away from uh, it that was the first tennis match I've watched in a long time. Where how many servers kept losing the set? Yeah, Um, yeah, exactly. The the returns or or the the game, I say the game. They kept losing the game. Like these these are, and if anyone who's who's never played tennis before, um, it's extremely hard to return serves if they get it in. 
and at 115 miles an hour, it's damn near no, impossible. Like 128, 130, and and like when Joker was on and stuff, that and same for Alvarez. And all Alvarez did was this little flooded, you know, yeah, backhand or whatever, got it over, and then two possessions later, like returned and just killed. Yeah, Joker. yeah, I, I, I agree. With you. I had the same. I was watching it. Got up early. Six one first set, and I was like, "Wow!" Uh, and and it's, like, it's over because yeah. this was a rematch of the French Open final, and I think Joker won in three or four sets. It, it was mm-hmm. it was pretty straightforward. Um, and then this, I thought the same thing. Then uh, Alcaraz changed where he was going to attack the tennis court, and and then won the second set. Then won the third, got up in the fourth. And I was like, okay, it's over. Then I was like, well, if Joker wins this one, I think he's going to win the fifth set. And it was just like this roller coaster oh, of who I think is going to win. Well, when Alcaraz started moving towards the net and yes. really putting Joker in a, in a bind and just nailing the shots like in the back corners. Uh, I, I mean, it was it was awesome. Like I said, yeah. I hadn't watched tennis in a while. It was it was fun to watch. Uh, it's uh, my ear earbuds are beeping. They're about to go dead, and uh, I'm not. I don't have my microphone hooked up, so I, we got a, a work situation going on. Um, Raj, I know you got some points. We'll save those. We got to get to change trip, and then bet your nuts and final words. Chain, you were just golfing at a magnificent palace of a golf resort. So tell us where you were, how it was, and where it compared to where else you golfed. So, <laughs> and did you wear that bow tie and that suit? <laughs> I did not. Um, we did a little uh, whistling straights in Aaron Hills, whistling straights, uh, Ryder Cup 2020. Um, Aaron Hills is was the 2017 US Open, I believe. Uh, Justin Thomas shot a 63 US Open lowest round in US Open history. It was just amazing. I mean, it's a bucket list trip. Whistling Straits itself is phenomenal. Um, there are several courses. Is it, who'd you go with? So a bunch of the uh, guys that I, I live with here in, in the Grove, um, our golf group, there were 12 of us that went. So we, we went down. We, we stayed at Whistling Straits. We, Anyone um, else have a golf group? Friends of mine do, but I don't make enough money. Well, when you yeah. live on a golf course, you, you have a golf group. So that, that's yeah. what it is. And uh, they plan yeah, trips and they're extravagant. So, so I was trying to keep up here. Uh, it, it was just amazing. I mean, Whistling Straits is phenomenal. And, but then you go to Aaron Hills and it's like in a different country. It's like being in Ireland. Like it was one of the best so golf courses. Is, is Aaron Hills a Lynx course? It is. Yeah, it is. Okay. It's um, from the pictures I sent Tom. You can see it looks just like Royal Liverpool where they're playing in the U.S. Open or uh, the Open right now. Um, anything in Ireland minus the ocean view. That's That was the cool thing about whistling. It had, you know, Lake Michigan there, which, I mean, let's be honest, looks like an ocean. Um all on the all along the side on a lot of holes, but Aaron Hills is it's all that wispy 
tall fescue kind of brown and, and it's just it's link style i mean bunkers everywhere uh it, it was phenomenal so if you ever get a chance you're a big avid golfer um definitely put that on your bucket list that that was two two of the best courses i've played that is awesome that is awesome thanks y'all pick up my mic yeah yeah okay good um all right so from your trip to the open championship it was a rough day to day for some of the players those sand traps might as well have been sand prisons mm, God, uh, I hit it. It, uh tony fina we had uh, uh John Long had to hit it backwards twice did you see uh, Justin Thomas on 18? No, bunker, I saw Rory on bunker. Yeah. Rory killed it on 18. Justin yeah. Thomas went in the same bunker Rory was. Tried to hit it out sideways. Hit it in the next bunker. He made a nine on 18. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the, the, the opens, um, so sometimes the, the, the open can be a little easier. You have Tom Watson you know, contend, but it, it's kind of made for that. Hey, control your shot. Don't get in trouble. And I love the U S open for that reason. I'd love to see them struggle. Um, today I was, uh, I had it on on my computer while I was working. So saw some of it. Uh, what, what do you make of the first round and what do you guys expect for the weekend? Well, the, and, and, and disclaimer, the weather hasn't came in yet. The weather is it's coming and it's going to get deep and wet and it's going to get nasty. One little small disclaimer, and I'll let Tom talk real quick. Um, there are not too many courses that have internal out-of-bounds lines. Usually when you're out-of-bounds, it's like because you can't hit the ball again. <laughs> this course on 18 down the whole right side is all OB, and that makes it very, very challenging on that somewhat of an easy par five. So just throw that out there. Go ahead, Tom. Well, I just, I just think today was the day to, to set your score pretty much. Um, from what I've seen, the weather coming is uh, good old-fashioned, what used to be British open weather, wind, rain coming at you in all directions. I saw a graphic they put up. Um, just the way the river runs into the ocean, the, the, the wind patterns, I mean, it, it just – there's no consistency, so – what you're going to get is whoever wins this one is going to earn it <laughs> uh, from the, like you said, the, the traps, which are, I mean, you could get lost in those things. It, it's, it's ridiculous. The walls alone. I mean, to get out of them or you got to be a good golfer uh, to the weather situation. It's just, it, it's, it's testing the best from the best. And, and um, you mentioned John Rahm and, and, John Rahm has been one player that has really surprised me that hasn't really played up to his ability the last couple months. I think he started the season really hot and he's just, maybe it's the hype or what I am not really sure. So um, I look forward to him maybe showing that he's could be considered the top five, which he is top five in the world. So, um, but I can't, I, I think one thing that this, this tournament will will show is it kind of evens the playing field a little bit. So if you're a big hitter, that win's going to say not today, you know. So it depends on what 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 your 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 strong suits are. So it's going to be fun to see 
And and it as I put the leaderboard up there, those are names that aren't everyday household names. So um, I think it'll start even itself out as the tournament goes, but it's going to be fun to watch it. It's always fun to see weather come into play with some of these big tournaments and to see how the, the world's best um, prepare for it and then make changes as, as it goes on. Well, yeah. And this is, this is the tournament and this is a course where because you can attack it doesn't mean you should attack it. Cause yeah. if you go, if, mm-hmm. if you want to like, Take Roy, for example. You can launch it 476, whatever it is. If you don't land it, then there's no sense hitting it that far because you end up hitting it backwards and going back for it. So, I mean, it's it's a course that's going to be interesting. Um, well, all right, guys. Uh, we're at the 113 mark. Uh, people have been watching. People have been listening. They are waiting to make some money. So... It is that time of the evening to give these people some literal free money. It's time for Bet Your Nuts. All right, this is the time of the show where we tell you guys what to bet on in order to pay the bills, to get to go gam- gambling and golfing like Brandon does. Um, <laughs> or to, or even, you know, if, if golf isn't your thing, you can uh, buy your fancy whiteboard like Raj has back there. That's pretty sweet. And – if you, I do like the whiteboard. If, if you were find the two incomes of Raj and Brandon, you could have a whiteboard with a clock on it. And mm. that is next level. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. All right, boys. Uh, Tom, what do you got for your bet your nuts? Where you I'm going to go, go baseball tomorrow. Okay. The San Diego Padres are coming into – Comerica Park for a three-game set. The Tigers took three of four from Kansas City, and they took two of three from Seattle over the previous weekend. They've been playing some pretty solid baseball, good pitching, um, timely hitting. Uh, the, the, the biggest run output they had uh, in this previous series, they lost. But nonetheless, they took three of four. I like the direction they're going. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to take the Tigers tomorrow night Plus one twenty money line to beat the Padres. All right, uh, the Padres m- messed up my three team parlay today, but I cashed out for they lost, so I want a little money on them. Roz, what do you got? Two baseball. Uh, like last week, this guy was money. He's pitching again because it is Friday, and that's Justin Steele of the Cubs. Uh, he made me a lot of money last week, and. He's minus 120 against the St. Louis Cardinals at home tomorrow. Uh, he's facing Jack Flaherty, who hearing some trade rumors, so he's probably not going to be right in the head, and um, they're selling. So take Justin Steele all day. I'm also going to take the Dodgers-Rangers over. It's high. It's at nine and a half, but you've got two of the top three scoring teams in baseball. The Rangers are number <clears> one. <throat> 5.81 runs per game. The Dodgers are number Is this three. a parlay or are you taking two separate bets? I was going to probably do both, believe it or not. 
but um, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the parlay. I, I love Justin Steele straight up, so I don't want to risk that too much. But, um, you know, the Dodgers are number three in baseball, and uh, they're facing Andrew Haney, who was on their team last year, six and six with a near five ERA. They've had a day off, and uh, they've been scoring runs lately, seven runs their last three games average. So take the over, Dodgers and Rangers, two high-scoring teams. Uh, the Braves are number two, by the way. And take Justin Steele all day, man. That guy is a freaking pitcher, dude. He's a stud. All right, Brandon, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to stick with the open here, obviously. And, you know, as much as I want to pick Rory because he just won the Scottish Open, I'm going to steer away from him. I like Max Homer right now at plus 2,000. Uh, dude's three under right now. He's playing well. He's very quiet. Um, he's on top of his game right now. I think this course sets up well for him. So I like Max Homa. Plus 2,000 to win it. I'll throw you a few little side nuggets if you want to throw a little extra money. You can't not bet Kepka because he's always there. Um, top five finish for Kepka. I think it's uh, plus 250 or something right now. And then I like Wyndham Clark is a long shot. He did win the U.S. Open. He's playing well right now. He's three under. He's at plus 1,600 to win it. So sprinkle a little on him too. Yeah, All right. That's a good pick, Max Homa. I I, I was actually going to do a bonus nut, and that was who I was going to take. So uh, yeah. good choice. Two times in one night. How young are y'all? Um, <laughs> I am going to go where With Brandon didn't go. I – am taking McElroy. I think he, he played enough today to not get too far behind. He's even. He comes he down fun. tomorrow, plays smarter. Uh, he's plus a thousand. Uh, I like him. I'm going Rory for for uh, plus a thousand. I, I like that pick. I mean, I, that's just the obvious. Everyone wants to pick Rory at this point. Are you saying they're going to watch an hour-long show to get the obvious pick? <laughs> it's probably the most bet on pick. Is uh, all right, boys. So we got we got people the free money now. If everyone will stick on for our final words, we'll give you the final words. I have my rabbit hands in this picture. Um, Roger, we'll start with you. What's your final words? Um, we don't have to come back to tennis. I just thought that. It was, it was pretty funny, like the game behind the game. Um, number one, it was one of the most watched Wimbledon events ever. Um, certainly the most on BBC since Andy Murray, their countryman, won it in 2016. What the hell is that noise? I remember Andy Murray back uh, in the day. Yeah. No joke, dude. And so, are you rolling a joint? What the hell is that noise? Sorry. <laughs> but, Robbie. Yeah, I think that was it. Anyways. I'm not um, no, and then, you know, he doesn't like Spanish dudes. He's never going to Spain. Doesn't like Nadal and uh, a young Spaniard who got taken, the, who took the number one seat over, partially because Djokovic didn't pay, play in tournaments. If you noticed, before the game, uh, before the match started, Alcaraz lined his water bottles up in a row, which is something that Rafael Nadal does as a uh, superstition. And so it was a little bit of a, a mind fuck and some juju going on there. And uh, Djokovic, people don't like him. He's got LeVar Ball dad. 
He freaks out. He takes medical timeouts. He ended up smashing his racket in the fifth set during one of those serve mm-hmm. breaks. And uh, on top of that, the COVID thing. So all in all, it was just set up for an epic match. And there was a lot of storylines there. Novak got pissed. People thought it was great. The viewership was up. And now you got a young 20-year-old kid who could be in the it's one. That, it's his second major at 21, right? Second major, like 10 overall major, like huge wins, grand, whatever yeah. they call them, in grand slam. Whatever it is, this kid could be around for a kid, while. Kids on fire, like he, he can do it all. And when it I got saw me excited him, about tennis again. Really, it, it was pretty funny. And him lining up those water bottles, I was like, "Fuck <laughs> yeah, dude! Like, let's go." Good, good, good stuff, dude. Watch yeah. tennis. I'm looking forward to the next one. Yeah, Brandon, go ahead. Take it over from there. No, that's 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 it. I mean, I don't really have any final words. Um, my trip was great. I missed you boys the last two weeks. Uh, you guys killed it last week. Sorry I wasn't here. Um, but, yeah, life goes on, and so will we. Yeah. Uh, well, we're glad you enjoyed your time. And, uh, yeah, we all need we all need breaks away. Tom, what about you? Uh, I'm going to stick with baseball. Uh, I think we're going to see within the next week and a half, two weeks, Probably the most anticipated trade deadlines in the last 10, 20 years, maybe ever, just with the the sheer thought that the greatest player uh, possibly to ever step foot on a Major League Baseball field could get traded. That alone uh, mm-hmm. is uh, makes this just unfathomable. But I will say it here. You heard it here at 10.39 p.m. on July 20th. Shohei Otani is not going anywhere. He's going to stay in the Angels. Uh, I read a thing today that said that uh, they're willing to to take the risk of losing him. I think he stays, and here's why. I don't know if there's a lot of teams that are willing to go the length of a contract that he's going to demand. Uh, You're going to start seeing uh, overall lengths of contracts start to dwindle a little bit. And, And let me use my Detroit Tigers as an example. They are going to be rid of one of the greatest hitters of all time in Miguel Cabrera. But they signed him to such a long contract. They were looking at the next three years to win. And now they're dealing with the ramifications. Uh, He is a shell of himself. Javi Baez gets a seven-year contract. He's an absolute waste. Uh, One of the worst uh, offensive shortstops in baseball. Although he's looked good the last couple days after being benched. But what I'm trying to say is owners are looking at long-term more now than they ever have, and to risk so much, to give up so much money long-term to get a couple years of hope, I I, I just think you're going to start to see these owners realize that long-term contracts. So I agree with uh, what Brandon mentioned. Hey, let's throw the bank at them for three years. Because that's the only legitimate or reasonable time that they're going to win. So it, it, give them three hundred million for the next three years, because there's a good chance that he could win a World Series for you. Because beyond that, eh, Miguel Cabrera. Yeah, yeah, and what? And yeah, Brandon's negotiating from the players or the, the owner standpoint. I was negotiating from the from the he's negotiating from the owner standpoint. I was doing from the player yeah. standpoint. It's like. Yeah, I don't want seventy-five million. I want seven hundred million. 
Yeah. Right, but you look at you look at the longevity, and this is what you're running into. And then they end up buying out players, and then you got you know Bobby Bonilla Day, where mm. you're paying players you know for yep. forty years. Yeah. Well, the Angels screwed up huge in signing Rendon after he won a World Series MVP. They signed him to seven years, two hundred and forty-five million, and that really handcuffed them. And they cannot sign Otani for you know a long period of time. They don't have the money. They have more money on the injured list than they do in active contracts, uh, active players. So they really hamstrung themselves. Their farm is bottom five in baseball. So it's really going to come down to pride. Is Moreno dumb enough? And yes, he is to just hold on to him and hope he stays and resigns. Because I don't think the odds are great that happens. And they've had those two guys healthy and they still have not been over 500. Their farm sucks. They have yeah. bad contracts. If you ever want to win something, it's not going to be there. Well, and the top players are used to getting, you know, seeing these long-term deals. I know we're, we're... – yeah. All right. Still, so, uh... I, I mean, I Herschel Walker him and, and – and We'll I talk after the show. Players. My, uh, I think my final thoughts are – Charger A new era in Washington, D.C. football. And I think this was the – most dis- not necessarily disgraced, but one of the worst run franchises that could be good and really help propel the league to what I mean, however high you can imagine going. But I think it's a good deal that Dan Snyder is out and new people are in, and they are not the pieces of trash that Dan Snyder appears to be, allegedly. So, I think that's good. I think football season's on the cusp, guys. And, uh, yeah, we're going to grow this thing. And so, people, please like, subscribe. The football season's going to be a whole new version. Not version, but just more excitement. And there's going to be better. I mean, the content. Football just – gets everyone revved up and we will be the go-to place for reckless speculation, fantasy advice, gambling advice. Um, we will start tracking our bets, our payouts each week on, on bet your nuts. So you will see exactly who to bet with, who to not bet with these people. And uh, we will start making you some trackable real money where you can probably get a home loan out against maybe potentially i think we're starting to get in a little bit of fantasy next week so please stay tuned uh we might start uh getting you prepped for your fantasy draft and uh let you dominate and like rob has ever done and well, well bite your tongue and if we're lucky, we can get a few donations. Tom and his wife will drive down and film the uh, Jimmy's Gang draft on August the 19th uh, on a beautiful lake in, in uh, Thames Ford in uh, Essel Springs, Tennessee. That would happen. That might need to happen. That would be fun. That would be fun. Thank you guys for watching. We are off. We'll see you next week. Uh, same time, same place, same Raj time. Raj, 915.
He wrote it down. It's it's ingrained in his head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good show, boys. Like, subscribe. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation. Cheers.